and welcome to episode 36 of A Grim Podcast. I'm Stella. This week's stories all come from China and all come from places that I can't pronounce. Um, so when I finish them, don't be surprised if I completely butcher the names. Um, Alright, so uh, the first fable will be Yin Hui sneaks a handful of rice with a question mark. Interesting uh, punctuation, but we will find out why it's punctuated like that um, at the end of the story. And then we will move on to Shooting Down a Goose, a tale about a bird with PTSD. Lastly, we have a man, a wife, and a cake, which follows a very arrogant and selfish couple. Um, so without further ado, let's start reading. Confucius and his pupils once left the state of Chen for the state of Sai. Halfway along their journey, they were surrounded and captured by people from Chen, who detained them and gave them no food. For seven days and seven nights, Confucius and his pupils had nothing to eat and not even wild vegetable soup to drink. Later, one of Confucius's pupils named Yin Hui finally got a bit of rice from someone and quickly lit up a fire to cook it. Confucius was lying down nearby and saw Yin Hui take up a handful of rice and eat it just as the rice was almost fully cooked. When the rice was ready after a few more minutes, Yin Hui took it and very respectfully and politely brought it over for Confucius to eat. Confucius pretended to not have seen Yin Hui eat a handful of rice and said to him, Just now I saw my deceased father in a dream. If this rice is clean, I want to take it and offer it up as a remembrance to him. Offering up food in remembrance of loved ones is a sacred ritual, and food used for this purpose must be absolutely clean and pure. Otherwise, it would be an affront to the gods and ancestors. When Yan Hui heard Confucius ask if the rice were clean, his response was as follows. Oh, um, this rice is impure and cannot be used for offering up remembrances. A few minutes ago, some ashes fell into the pot and made the rice dirty. I thought it would be a pity to throw the rice away, so I removed the dirty part of the rice with my hand and ate it. Confucius heard this and came to a sudden realization of the truth of the matter. He sighed and said, We think we can believe our own eyes, but seeing with the eyes is not always seeing everything. We think we can believe our own impressions, but impressions are not always correct. Pupils remember, truly knowing a person is not easy. And here we go, the hardest um, origin name that I will probably ever have to pronounce. Um, I deeply apologize. If I cannot say this right. All right, here we go. From Lu Shi Chun Chu. I don't know. I don't know. Please correct me on pronunciation if you feel like I did it that horribly. Um, I probably did. Um, so, yeah. But, you know, I'm trying, man. I'm trying. <laughs> All right. Uh, so here we go. The moral. In knowing a person or understanding a thing, we cannot base our evaluations solely on superficial observations or our own guesswork. We must thoroughly look into the beginning and end of a thing and consider its causes and effects before we come to a correct conclusion. So uh, there we have it. Yen Hui snakes a handful of rice. And you got your answer, too. So, uh, there you go. <laughs> um, 
All right, so now let's move on to shooting down a goose. During the Warring States period in ancient China, there was a famous archer named King Li. One day, he and the King of Wei were chatting in the courtyard when he saw a goose fly by. Gang Li said to the King of Wei, Great King, I would only need to draw my bow, and without putting an arrow into it, I could shoot down this goose and present it to you. The King of Wei did not really believe this and said, Really? Is your archery really that superb? King Li responded, It is indeed. Just watch. When the goose flew close by to them, Gang Li took up his bow, drew it, and released the bowstring. The goose heard the sound of the snapping bowstring, fluttered its wings a few times, and then fell to the ground. The king of Wei said with great astonishment, Marvelous, marvelous! How could anyone have such superb archery? King Leap then pointed to the fallen goose and gave an explanation. Actually, this is a solitary goose that has not recovered yet from a previous wound inflicted by a hunter's arrow. The king of Wei was even more surprised and asked, How on earth do you know that it is wounded and solitary? He flew very slowly and cried with grief as he flew, King Lei answered. He flew slowly because his wounds were painful, and he cried with grief because he had long been separated from his flock. He had not completely recovered from his previous arrow wound, so he had a lingering fear of the sound of a snapping bowstring. When he heard this sound just now, he feared that another hunter had once again taken a shot at him, so he expended great strength attempting to fly higher and away from the arrow. This reopened his old wound, and when he could carry on no longer, he fell to the earth. Now that was from Chang Kuo Tse. I totally messed that up. Um, but we're not going to talk about that too much because you guys already know. And so let's go on to the moral. People who have been greatly frightened by something often retain a lingering fear of it for a long time. When they meet with what they think is a similar situation again, they often dare not face it or else bring needless failure upon themselves because of their fear. This is what Gang Li did to the goose in this story. Simply by snapping his bowstring, he was able to bring the goose down. This shows us that if we make a careful assessment of weak points beforehand and take advantage of them, we can often achieve double the results with half the effort. Um, so before we continue on to our last tale, I just want to kind of just talk about that, how King Lee is kind of like a Chinese Sh- Sherlock Holmes. Like, he was just like, Oh, yeah, so he's solitary and um, wounded because um, cause he he was crying and everything. And then um, he was like, flying, flying super slow. And then he and then the goose like came down because he had too much energy and he got scared and he was like traumatized before and everything. It's like, how did you make all that? Like, how did you make all these assessments and like five seconds i mean like i just think that's wild but okay i can roll with it makes a good story right (laughs) uh so uh that's that's all i had to say uh so now let's finish up with a man a wife and a cake (laughs) 
A friend once gave three large cakes to a couple. The man and his wife each ate one cake, leaving one remaining between them. They argued between themselves about who would get the last cake and finally agreed that whoever spoke the next word would give the cake to the other who had remained silent. With this, they kept their mouths sealed for the sake of the cake and did not speak at all. Not long afterwards, a thief unexpectedly entered their house and began taking one thing after another and putting it into his bag. The man saw this but did not dare shout thief. Instead, he simply motioned with his hands for the thief to get out. The thief left saying, Aha! So you're deaf and dumb. I won't go until I've stolen my fill. The man heard this, but still did not dare speak out. He ran into his wife's room and pulled her out. His wife saw the thief leaving their living room with his bag full of stolen goods. He shouted in, she shouted in a loud voice, Thief! Thief! Catch this thief! But it was too late, and the thief disappeared without a trace. The wife turned and said angrily to her husband, You fool! For the sake of a measly cake, you would rather you would see a thief and not cry out. You sat by and for nothing allowed that thief to steal us blind. Having heard his wife speak, the man clapped his hands for joy. Ha ha ha, he said. You lose, you wench. The cake is mine now, and I won't let you have one bite of it. That was a tale from Pai Yuching. Actually, I'm pretty confident about the way I pronounce that one. Um, okay, so the moral is: if we are so encount, if so, we are so concerned about small gains that we lose sight of the big picture, we may encounter serious losses. In this story, the husband who wanted a cake so badly that he stood idly by while a thief stole all his property was a laughable and pitiful man. I really, honestly think. Like, the wife tried her best to um, tell him that that was wrong when he was like, oh, I don't care. I still get my cake. Why are you lecturing me? Like, you don't, you don't get a cake. You, you play the rules. You, you still lost. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. That's not the point here. Um, <laughs> and one more thing. Why did they just cut it in half? They were like big cakes, right? It said... Wait, hang on. That doesn't... Doesn't sound correct. <coughs> um, um... Three large cakes to a couple. Um, I'm quoting that from the story. So, why didn't, like... They had some valuable stuff in there, right? So, you'd think they have a knife! Or just cut it with your hands or something. I understand that this is for the moral, but the thing is, this, uh, okay, whatever, you know what, they can just play by their rules and whatever, I'm not gonna get involved in their drama, <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, that's, that's the last I have to say about these strange occurrences in this fable, so, uh, that brings this episode to an end. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode, and have a great rest of your week. Till our next adventure. Bye, Gremlins.